Keeping it real with Jared Lawrence. Dear Lord, as we down here, Fuck struggle for as long as we know. In search of a paradise with nigga Johnny Jack. Dreams of dreams, and reality seems to be the only place to go. The only place for us. I know, trying to make the best of bad situations. Seems to be my life story. Ain't no glory in pain. Soldier story in vain, and can't nobody live this life for me. It's a ride, y'all. Somebody wake me, I'm dreaming I started as a seed, the semen Swimming upstream, planted in the womb I screaming on the top was my pops My mama screaming stop from a single drop This is what they got, not to disrespect my peoples But my papa was a loser Only plan he had for mama was the fucker and abuser Even as a little seed, I could see his plan for me Stranded on welfare, another broken family Now what was I to be? Product of this heated passion, mama got pregnant And papa got a piece of ass, look how it began Nobody gave a fuck about me, pistol in my hand This cruel world could do without me, I cannot survive Got me asking why Jesus, will a nigga live or die? Cause the Lord can't see us in the deep, dark clouds of the projects Ain't no sunshine, no sunny days And we only play sometimes, when everybody sleeping I open my window, jump to the streets and get to creeping I can live or die, hope I get some money, phone gone I'm only 19, I'm trying to hustle on my own Homeless block where everybody and they pops trying to slang rock Rather go to college, but this is where the game stops Don't get it wrong, cause it's always on From dust to dawn, you can buy rocks, blocks over heron bone You can ask my man, he's a mind reader Keep my nine here, all the time, this is how we grind Meet up at the cemetery, then get smoked out Pass the weed, nigga, now Hennessy will keep the key Everywhere I go, niggas holla at me it real cheap, and my reply to they kill me, act up if you feel me, I was born not to make it, but I did, the tribulations of a ghetto kid, still I rise, still I rise, welcome to Keeping It Real with Jared Lawrence, I'm your host, Jared Lawrence. Tonight just feels like a good night to podcast. I haven't been on here in a minute, and I'm gonna get to that in a minute. Uh, see how like I rhyme that. I'm haven't been on here in a minute. I'm gonna get to it. Yeah, whatever. Um, yeah, I haven't been on in about a month or so, maybe more than that. But I'll explain everything in a minute. But it just felt like a good night to get on here, update you guys on everything that's going on. Um. I'm gonna get to I'm gonna get to some, some topics too because I have a ton of topics. Some of them are probably outdated, but I don't care. I'm still gonna talk about it. But just updating you guys on everything that's going on. Um, I said there was some changes coming. I said blessings were coming, and I, I still believe that. But I, I think the biggest thing I want to say is that uh, I am. How do I say this? I am probably gonna. No, I ain't no problem. I am leaving my job by the end of this year. I've come to the decision. It's time to get out of there. Time to focus on me. It's time to get in a better mind mind frame, mind state. But with all that being said, it's a process. Uh, I do have something else lined up. I'm not sure when it's going to start. So that's kind of been what's been delaying the process. But one way or the other, I'm leaving this job by the end of the year. 
Um, but the thing is right now, my work schedule is so crazy. Like I'm working all these weird hours. Like some days I'm waking up at like three 45 in the morning. I got to be there at 6 AM. Other days I got to be there at 10 AM. Other days I got to be there at 2 PM. I'm actually working a double shift tomorrow. We call it a double at my job. I don't know. It's just a nice way of saying a double shift, but I'm doing a two to basically I'll be here from 2 PM to 6 30 AM. So. I am staying up late tonight in uh, preparation for that. And that's why I was like, you know what? Let me come on here and podcast, give myself uh, some time to stay awake, I guess, and get myself up. Because once I do these podcasts, I don't go straight to sleep anyway. So it was just a good time to come on here and pod. But with the work schedule being the way it is, it's I have not really been able to pod in a while just because the hours are so off, like on my off days. I'm like, damn, I don't really like potting in the morning. I, I guess when I wake up, I could do it, but I'm just giving myself me time at this point, man. Shout out to Goody Mob. You know what? I'm probably end this. I'm gonna end the show with that song, Me Time by Goody Mob. Because that's what it's about right now. So I've just been taking time, you know, as I said, taking time to myself. And um without a consistent schedule, it's just hard to really come on here every week and do this at a uh certain time. So I think from now until the end of the year, it's going to be sporadic. I know. I know with podcasts, you guys like stuff that's consistent and stuff you can look forward to every week. But keeping it real with Jared Lawrence will be a little sporadic until the end of the year, most likely. Bear with me. I do expect in the new year to be on a more consistent schedule. Once, At least once a week. Maybe even twice a week if I'm not working at the beginning of the year. Because there's a possibility I might not be working to begin the year while I wait for uh, my new job. But I just made the decision, man. I got to leave this job and um, just wait it out if I have to. But I don't think I will. I think I will be working by the beginning of the year. But we'll see how it goes. Either way, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave on good terms. Uh, I've already given them a heads up on what's going on. And I guess now that I'm leaving, I can tell you guys where I work at because it doesn't even matter anymore. Um, if you complain, I'm only going to be there for like another month and a half. I think I told them, I told them December 22nd, like that is my hard out. And, um, I'm not pausing that cause it's a radio term. So in radio, they have what's called a hard out where no matter what they're doing, if they're talking, if they're having a segment, whatever music is playing a hard out means they have to go to commercial at a certain time. So no matter what happens, they're going to commercial, whether they have to cut you off, cut the music off or not, whatever gets cut off, it's going to commercial. So that's a hard out. So I told them at my job, I have a hard out. Like December 22nd is my hard out. No matter what's going on, that's my last day. Whether I have a new job I didn't or not, that's my last day. I'm saving money right now, just getting myself prepared. I'm in the stocks. I'm, I'm a little more aggressive with the stocks. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But I'm just I'm doing necessary things to get myself ready for the new year because I, I, I'm just determined not to go into the new year with this same energy that I've had over this past year and a half because it's just affected me as a person. It's just I don't know. It's hard to explain, but I, I haven't felt the same with the uh, energy that comes from the job I have now. And that's nothing against the job, man. It's great people. I, I really enjoy the people for the most part. Everybody's pretty cool. Um, I think it's the actual job that's just taking a toll on me. And I'm trying to get back to where I was, you know, around when I first started this podcast 
pandemic, pre-pandemic. No, I guess it was around the, the pandemic time, but I was just, I felt like mentally I was in a better place and um, I look forward to getting back there. And I think I have to leave that job in order to do that. And yeah, like I said, I'll tell you where I work. It doesn't even matter anymore. I work for the Florida Turnpike. Um, we deal with accidents. We deal with all types of things that happen on the road. So it, it's a very stressful job at times. You see a lot of bad things. Um, it's just hot, fast pace. It's it's hard to explain unless you're in there. But man, it's one of those jobs that everybody in there you can tell like it takes a toll on them. And you know, some people are able to deal with it better than others. Some people have been there for five years, ten years, fifteen years, and it's just routine to them at this point. It's normal to them. But for me. It never got to that point where it felt routine for me, where it felt normal. I never felt like this is what I want to be doing forever. And I never felt like this is the job for me. It just, this never felt quite like the right job. It just felt like more of a stopgap for me. So when I first started, the goal was like, you know what? I think I could do this for five or 10 years, make a little career out of it. And uh, I was, man, reality hit in about, three or four months in where I was just like, all right, let me just try to get to a year. <laughs> let me get to a year and I'll be happy. Then I made it to a year. Surprisingly, I don't know how I did, but I made it to a year. So it's like, all right, at this point, let's, let's start looking for something else. I can leave at any point now. So I felt comfortable once I got to a year that I, I felt like I did enough obligations. Um, I felt like I gave my all for that year. And uh, I just was like, all right, it's time to leave. And, you know, I've been putting feelers out here or there, and I finally got some interviews, and they went well. Well, one went well. I got a job offer, so waiting to see how that goes. Still going through some some things with that. I uh, can't really, I don't think I can speak too much on that part, but just know that if I do get the job that I anticipate having, uh, it'll be greener pastures, hopefully less stress on me, Um and just better for my overall mental health because this job, but let me tell you, bro, it took a toll on me. Um, and shout out to the turnpike, like shout out to everybody who works there. Shout out to dispatchers too. Like just 911 dispatchers in general, anybody who has these type of jobs, man, it's, it's a lot like these, they offer you free counseling and their benefits are decent. I mean, it's a state job, so it is what it is, but I just have a whole new respect for anybody who works like these type of jobs. These, um, dispatch even like fire department police departments like all that stuff and i'm gonna get into like more i think on my last day at work i'll probably do a podcast and just reflect on the whole like experience there and things i saw and my like the way i see the world now maybe a little different from uh different things i've seen experiences so i'll get more in depth when we get towards the end but just want to give y'all like a heads up on what the next couple months are going to look like for me and I don't know. I don't have a set schedule for the podcast going forward. Uh, like I said, it'll be kind of a just get in and get out whenever I have a chance. I'm I'm off this weekend. I'm actually looking forward to that. After I work my duble, I am off uh, Saturday and Sunday. I'm going to watch the Ohio State-Nebraska game with Mark on Saturday. Then we're supposed to celebrate Janine's birthday Saturday night, me and a whole bunch of friends. Um, still don't know the plans for that yet. She said dinner and then going out, so... It's whatever, you know, I'll do that. I probably won't stay out too late because I got to readjust back to my normal work schedule now where 
Monday through Wednesdays, I've been working 6 a.m. So Sunday, I usually like to wake up at a decent time to prepare myself for the Monday. And then I'm going to go to Elvis's house, you know, watch some football with them, try to get Domaine and Jarvez out there as well. I'm just looking forward to a weekend because I don't get a lot of these weekends off. Hopefully with the new job, I will have, you know, a normal schedule. And that's another thing I'm looking forward to just a Monday through Friday with weekends off because the weekends off is rare for me. So I try to uh, take advantage of it whenever I get it. And this is one of those rare weekends I'm going to be off. But when I come back, I'm working like 10 days straight from Monday up until um, the Wednesday before the Florida Classic. I forgot what day. I think that Wednesday is like the 17th, maybe. So I'm working up until that day. And then I'm off like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday for the Classic because you already know I got to get it in. Like Classic is like the Black Super Bowl in Orlando. It's a big deal. Family's coming from out of town, from Tallahassee. Everybody's coming. Got family from Miami. And then, you know, just this, they, everybody, the black people, they take over Orlando for that weekend. A lot of FAMU alumni, a lot of Bethune-Cookman alumni. It's just a beautiful thing. If you've never experienced Classic Weekend, I, I would just encourage everybody to go to like some type of event that involves it, whether it's the uh, Battle of the Bands, whether it's the car show, whether it's the actual football game. You just want to walk around the tailgating outside the stadium. Just go experience something, man, because the Classic is it's hard to explain. And um, I try to like talk to people who've never been there, especially like my friends who are not black, like my white friends. I try to explain to them, man, like, there's nothing like going to an HBCU football game. Like you might've went to like a big college football game from a PWI, which they call a predominantly white institution. You might've gone to something like that, but it's not, it's nothing like going to an HBCU game, man. And the classic is like one of the best of them all. So I always look forward to that every year and just the camaraderie and being around everybody and the love you feel and that's just one of those times where we feel like united as a people, especially like, you know, the black community. We always have our issues. But honestly, when I go to these, I never really see too many bad things happen. Like, I don't see a lot of drama. I don't see a lot. Of, like, you don't see shootings. You don't see any of that bad stuff, really. Because I think, one, it's older. It's an older black crowd. A little more mature. So you got a lot of older people. And normally, when you're around a lot of older people, People in their, like, their 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. Like you're not really going to see too much craziness because we we all know how to go out and have a good time. I'm 38. You know, I'm out there. I'm almost at 40. So I'm at that stage in my life where I don't want to be around the young people because they don't know how to act. I want to be around the people in their 40s and 50s and 60s. And those are the people I'm comfortable with being around now because it's just more of a laid back vibe, a good time. I don't think we're doing the tailgating this year, but. Me and my cousins are going to go out there. We got tickets to the game, so we're definitely going to the game. Family's going to be back at the the hotel, so we'll be posted up there chilling too. During the uh, week, most of the weekend, when we're not at the game, we'll be over there hanging out. and It's just going to be a good time, man. I'm looking forward to it. Um, what else to talk about? Um, uh, we got to the, what, Janine's parties this week. Shout out to, shout out to um, Desiree, too. She had a birthday party a few weeks ago. I had that on my list of topics. I was going to recap it. Uh, but it's gone. Like, there's not really a lot to say at this point about it. It was a good time. Went out there to a little bar near downtown Orlando. A whole bunch of people were out there. And I uh, met two women from Illinois who were in, like, their 40s, but they were, like, mad chill. Talked to them for a little bit. Ended up getting one of their LinkedIn's because that's what you do when you're older, you know. you don't. And I was having this conversation with the people at my job because there's, like, these young dudes at my job. They're in their 20s. 
And I, I try to talk to them about like dating and like what to say to women because they don't really know how to talk to women. So I'm like the OG in there, you know. Anybody who know me know I ain't scared to walk up to any woman start a conversation. Like I'll pull up from 50. I'll pull up from half court. Like it don't matter. I'm I'm shooting my shot no matter what. So I like to give these dudes a lot of um advice. Like just simple things like, hey, don't always go, you don't always have to go for the number. I think that's one thing I told one of the guys like. Sometimes just get like the social media because that at least keeps you within range. Like you're in, you're on their mind. They can see you. You don't have to like, and and there's no obligation to make a phone call or call them every night. It's just a little bit more relaxed when you just get the social media. So I, I emphasize that to them. I tell them about if you go on dates and um, it doesn't work out, don't get your head down. Like, just keep shooting. That's what I basically be telling them. Like, keep shooting, keep trying. Don't let one woman like ruin your whole dating experience and think that you don't want to date anybody because of that. So I just like to give them advice, especially on my way out. Now I'm trying to be more like social. Um, and then I'm working this morning shift with a different crew of people. So it's been a cool vibe working with them and talking and just, it's a, I'll tell you what, working this job, in the morning is like night and day than when I used to work the afternoons. Um, when I was working like two to ten thirty every night, it is so much more stressful when you work the uh, afternoon evenings because it's just more going on, more accidents and stuff. When you work the morning, like you come in there, it's pretty chill. Like, and I can see like now I'm looking at these people in the morning, I'm like now nah, I see why some of y'all been here for like 10, 15 years because I'm not really happen in the morning, but. I'm like the last, I was like the last person hired there. So technically I'm not really supposed to be on the mornings, but since I said I'm leaving, they've given me like this flex shift where they're just basically plugging me wherever they need me to be. So I know people will be like, well, why don't you just work the morning if it's less stressful? Because that's not my normal shift. Like if I was still going to be there for full time, like forever, they would have me on that afternoon. Trust and believe that Friday night, that Saturday night, like they would have me on all that lately. They've been having me on the Monday through uh, Wednesday in the mornings. And I've been doing like a mid shift on the after on the uh, weekends. So it's been like coming at 10, 10 a.m., leave around 6.30 p.m. on a Saturday and Sunday. None of that was my normal schedule. That's why it's very relaxing now. But there's still a couple of days where I'm reminded like, yeah, I, I don't want to be here anymore. <laughs> and now this week I'm going to be working some more of those nights. So uh, it's yeah, tomorrow I'm doing that duble. Uh starting at two so friday's usually the busiest day there so i'm already expecting the worst tomorrow but um i'm just at a at a very uh ease like peacefulness a zenfulness right now because i know i'm leaving so nothing's really getting to me too much even the stressful days it's just like you know what throw it at me throw whatever you want to throw at me for this next month and a half it doesn't matter i know i'm leaving so i feel good i'm in a good mood i don't know how these people feel about me but I think everybody likes me for the most part. There's probably a few people there that can't stand me, but for the most part, I think I get along with everybody. I'm one of those people that you either love or you hate. Like, I don't think there's an in-between. I think the way people feel about me, you're going to feel something, but you're going to feel like a strong way, whatever you feel, because I just bring that out of people. I, I have, I rub off on people like that. So the people who rock with me really rock with me. And then some of them, I don't know, they might not, but Overall, I would say the majority of them like me. The majority of them definitely like me. Um, Let's get to some topics, though. I know you guys are probably like, hey, Jared hasn't done a topic in like three months. And 
I agree. I probably haven't, but I have a lot of stuff written down. Uh, let's talk about um, Ben Simmons. I know I talked about that last time. Uh, he's doing the thing now where he's saying, I guess he has a mental health issues, so he needs to sit out. I'm not one to question uh, somebody's mental health. So if Ben Simmons says he's not right to play, I'm going to take him at his word. Uh, I think the Sixers need to do something there, though. You guys probably need to get rid of him. I don't know. I don't understand why these teams hold on to these players when they know they don't want to be there. They don't want the player. Like the Houston Texans still have Deshaun Watson for some reason. Like, fam, the trade deadline just happened. Y'all should have got rid of him. I just think these teams are being hard headed. It's probably the general managers' egos getting in the way. Cleveland Browns with Odell Beckham. Like, y'all are still holding on to him, but it sounds like he might get released with some type of settlement with them where maybe he has to give a couple million back to get released or maybe he gets to keep it all. I don't know. He's probably the most likely to be gone, but these other guys like Ben Simmons doesn't look like he's going anywhere um, for a while. Deshaun Watson, I don't even know what's going on there. The man hasn't sat. He hasn't sued up for a game. He's not on the exempt list. It's just a very weird situation. If Miami was really offering them three first round picks and they didn't take that though, the, the Texans are idiots. I'm sorry. That's, that front office has been a mess for like the last 10 years and they deserve everything they get because they could have got from under that Deshaun Watson um, contract and probably got some good assets. And I think the longer they wait, the less they're going to end up getting. So that'd be a lesson to other people in the future. Don't, don't wait too long to make the trade. Like when it's time to make the trade, make the trade. Um, the Steelers are winning. They won a couple games, I think. Well, no, they won one uh Roethlisberger looks pretty good he's starting to throw the ball a little better I still think it's his last year uh they're not they're not scoring much that's the problem with the Steelers too they're scoring like 15 points a game which doesn't look good Juju Smith is out for the um season people are saying maybe the Steelers might try to get Odell Beckham or the Ravens might try to get him honestly I think he's probably a better fit on the Ravens I think that him with Lamar Jackson that would be electric I don't think Ben can get him the ball as much as he wants. So I don't see him coming to the Steelers. I think the Ravens is a good option for him. Maybe even the Raiders. The Raiders situation is, is insane right now. Um, with Henry Ruggs, we're going we're gonna to get into that in a minute. But uh, John Gruden is gone as their coach now because, you know, he was saying some racist things and he was just out here wilding. And we, we knew John, I knew for a fact, like I already knew he wasn't really down for the cause when it came to like Black Lives Matter and all that. And it confirmed it. He was out here dropping F-bombs. Like you can't do that in 2021, John Gruden. So they got rid of him as their coach. Um, And then the Henry Ruggs situation, which is, this is probably one of the most insane stories I've heard in a while. Um, Driving DUI, driving drunk, going 156 miles an hour on what looked like some type of like residential street, like maybe colonial drive type of street. Like that's what it looked like. And he ran into somebody, hit him, hit the car from behind rear ended him. They say he was going about a 127 when he hit the car. Um, and it's a woman in a RAV four and she was trapped in the car the car bursted into flames. Uh, it's just a tough story, man. Tina Tinter, that was her name. And uh, her dog was in the car, too. I believe the dog's name was Maxie. It's, it's, that's one of the toughest, one, like, one of the saddest stories I've seen, man. Like, 
there's been athletes before involved in DUIs that have led to death. Uh, Dante Stallworth, Leonard Little. You know, there's been instances like that. I don't know, Brandy the singer had something. I don't know if it was a DUI, but she had an accident where she where somebody lost their life. But this is this is probably the worst that I've seen. And I know I've I've talked to like different people and people were trying to compare it to those. And I, I don't think it's comparable, man. Um driving that fast to rear end somebody. And then the fact is like they weren't like he didn't even I don't think Ruggs tried to help get her out of the car, which is gonna really hurt hurt his case um they said there were some people witnesses who tried to get her out of the car and i guess they couldn't get the door open and the seat belt was stuck and the, the airbag and i know from my job just from seeing accidents at my job it is hard to get somebody out of a car when when there's like accidents that cause that much damage to a car like a lot of times i've seen the fire department have to come and jaws of life and all types of things have to used to get somebody out of that car. So I'm not, I'm not going to fault the people who tried and couldn't get her out. You know, they're just, they're just bystanders who are trying to help. But, um, the PTSD that they're probably going to deal with for the rest of their life because they were involved in that. And they saw that and just seeing somebody die, like burn in a car like that is man, that's, it's unfathomable. It's unfathomable. Um, she died in the car because it caught on fire and the dog too. And, um, there's pictures. You can see rugs sitting with his girlfriend on the, on the sidewalk and like they're, they're crying and somber and he was under the influence. Like he was, uh, they said his blood alcohol was twice the legal limit. I don't know much about blood alcohol levels cause I've never had like those instances, um, I don't know how many drinks or how many beers you would have to drink to be in the legal limit. I probably should have researched it. But I think the the thing that I'm that didn't really make a lot of sense to me that he was only he was it was twice the legal limit. So to me, I mean, like I said, I probably got to do a little more research. But usually when I see a crash like that, I read about something like I, I'll hear somebody was like three times over the legal limit, four times over the legal limit, but twice. I don't know. I guess that's a big deal. Y'all have to like tell me like how big of a deal twice over is as far as your impairment. But for him to do all that being twice over, I just was like, I thought it would be a higher thing, but maybe twice is a lot. I don't, I'm going to have to read about that later and see how much twice over the legal limit is like drinks wise and impairment wise. But I mean, anything over the legal limit is bad because they clearly set that limit as what they think you can tolerate to operate a vehicle so the, i think it's 0. 0.08 is the legal limit he was 0. 0.16 or 1.6 something like that it was like twice whatever it was so it was 0. 0.8 maybe he was 1.6 something like that but yeah it's it's that one is just a tough one um there's a lot of people that are going to jump on him and pile on him and i'm one who thinks he definitely needs to be held accountable he needs to do, um, I think he definitely needs to do jail time. And I know, I don't I don't want to be like the judge, juror, and executioner, but I don't know. I don't see how you don't do jail time for something like that. Um, Leonard, not Leonard, uh, Dante Stallworth did, what, 24 days? I'd be shocked if Ruggs gets anything like that low. I think it's going to be significant. They say in um, Las Vegas, the minimum 
with DUI because it's a felony. So the minimum is two years. The maximum's 20. Now, of course, there's like deals that can be cut with the family and uh, you can pay civil or you can pay like a settlement and then maybe the prosecutor can drop some charges and make them go easier. But I don't I don't see that happening. I think with the with the way this crash happened and the, and the way she died, the young lady, um, Tina, died. I think there's going to have to be some jail time and I think it's going to be pretty significant. I mean, Michael Vick did what, two years, a year and a half for the dog situation. And there was a dog that was killed in this car. So I'm pretty sure they're going to like add that, like into that and that'll be part of it. But the woman losing her life in the fire and then you, nobody really like rugs didn't try to help. I think he's gonna, if I had to guess, I think he gets five. I think he gets five years. Five years, uh, I don't know, you know, you serve good behavior. You could probably get out in three. But I think I think he's going to do more than two years. I do. And it's a, shame, it's a shame because, you know, he's only 22 years old. And his career is pretty much done. The Raiders released him the very next day because you can't have that. You can't have somebody on your team after that. Um, it's just a PR nightmare. I don't see a team picking him up. I don't think anybody's stupid enough to pick him up right now. It's not like a situation where um, – Buddy with the uh, Chiefs got released, Kareem Hunt, and then um, the Browns picked him up. I don't see that happen. I think Ruggs is done for a while. And then, of course, you got to get to the NFL's punishment because they're going to have their own punishment. Um, I believe Michael Vick got suspended for like a year or so. I think Ruggs gets suspended for like a year or two on top of whatever the jail time is. So I don't know. I don't I don't know if he ever gets to come back to the league and play. And it's, it's a sad situation all around because, you know, the young woman's family is now affected. They've lost their daughter. I've read article saying that the parents are just inconsolable. They were immigrants from Serbia. They came in 2000, moved to Las Vegas. She grew up there. Uh, her brother said everybody's having a, a hard time with it, which I can imagine if something like that happened to somebody in my family, it's just a lot to process. It's a lot. It's a lot of feelings, a lot of emotions. Uh, so my prayers go to that family. Um, my prayers go to Henry Ruggs' family because that affects his family. I know people probably don't care about that side, but his family, and I said this the same thing when I talked about the Petito case earlier or a couple podcasts ago. I'll get to that in a minute too, but people in the family have nothing to do with what the person does. So I always pray for like the family that's affected on both sides because your family members are just, you know, they're innocent bystanders and all this. They don't have nothing to do with that. So his family, his mother, his father, like, you know, they're probably going to lose a son to jail for a while. And um, they made a good point on ESPN. I think Keyshawn, like, said it. Ruggs was the meal ticket. He was the one that made it that was going to get the whole family out and in a better situation. And that's gone now. And that just affects the whole future, like, of that family. So, it's it's a big deal on both sides, you know. Um, the Tintor family never will get their daughter back. They'll never be able to talk to her or hold her again. And that's a loss of life over some BS that could have been avoided. And man, like they've said it enough. I'm not gonna drown, I'm not gonna pound it in everybody's head, but you know what it is. Like if you're drinking, I'm not gonna say don't drink and drive because obviously there's a legal limit. So if you have a beer or so. I'm pretty sure that's probably under the legal limit. But if you're twisted, like, don't get in a car, man. Like, don't. 
if you know you're not moving right, you're not thinking right, like don't don't get in the car. Like there's too many options at this point. There's ride services and all that and Uber and friends and designated drivers. Like there's just no reason to be that messed up driving. And I mean, I'm not going to try to act like I'm on my high horse. And I'm sure there was times where I've driven where I probably shouldn't have. And thank God that nothing ever happened. But I've learned over the years that I know when, when I don't need to drive at this point, but yeah, it's, it's one of those things where we all think we're okay to drive. We all think we can make it home. And man, some people, I just don't really know how to gauge it. And um, I don't know, maybe to be on the safe side, don't drink at all. Like don't drink at all. Like even if you have one, don't get in the car and drive. Maybe that's the right thing because some people don't know their limit. Um, But like I said, there is a, there is a, a legal limit. So I don't want to say don't have anything. Cause I'm not gonna, like, I, I really have a problem with everybody saying that. Cause I feel like everybody drives after having at least like a drink or two like one or two whatever i don't think like i've been out with people like everybody has a drink when they're out certain people know like when to stop certain people know to sober up like whatever whatever but you just got to be more responsible on what it is but i think everybody needs to to know what the legal limit is like how many drinks that equates to how many beers that equates to like can you pass a breathalyzer like you need to know what it is you're consuming and how much of it is you're consuming. Cause I think one drink is not going to put you over the legal limit. I I mean, I know one beer won't, I don't know. Some of y'all mix your alcohol pretty strong. So maybe one drink might, but I don't, I don't know. That's something I need to look more into. I do wish I've said this before. I think cars, the way they have that, um, that breathalyzer thing for one, you get a DUI and you have to blow in it to start your car. I think that in the future, that should come in like every car where, there's some type of thing in there that measures your blood alcohol and it won't let you start the car if you're not under the limit. I wish I wish that was something we could put in these cars going forward. I mean, Elon Musk, you got all this technology in your, your car, your Tesla self-driving and does all this other stuff. Why don't we find a way to put that in the car where it can measure someone's uh blood alcohol level or the breathalyzer like there should be a, a way to have something in there that stops you for stops the car from starting if you're over that limit um i know they have the self-driving cars i wonder how that's gonna work going forward with these self-driving cars where if you're drunk but you're not technically driving it i wonder if that's still gonna be like a dui there's so much different things going on with the technology in this world it's gonna be interesting to see going forward how how things change how they progress but definitely nobody should be driving if they're over the limit i'll say that if you're over the legal limit you shouldn't be driving and we all need to do better job of figuring out what that legal limit is in our each state we live in and how much um drinks that will that is I think we all, you know what, matter of fact, next episode, I'll probably come on with those statistics, especially for Florida. I'll let everybody know in Florida what our legal limit is, what that equates to an amount of drinks. Like, well, I'll do a little bit more research on that. I'll be better prepared on the next episode for that one. I was talking about the Gabby Petito thing, Brian Laundrie. Um, and I told y'all, I told y'all in the last episode that I thought 
that dude, Brian Laundry was going to, they were going to find him dead. I didn't think there was any way they were going to find him alive. As you can see, I was right about that. Um, still is rest in peace to Gabby Petito, man. Like that, she didn't deserve to die. Uh, prayers for both families. Cause like I said, everybody in the family didn't, you know, they don't want to be a part of that. They didn't know what these people were going to do. So I still pray for both sides. Um, it was a sad ending to it, the whole situation. Um, and yeah, I don't know about that one. That, that one is pretty cut and dry. Like we, I don't think we'll, we'll get much more closure on that situation. I don't think we'll know what happened. I mean, obviously we probably won't unless he wrote something that in the notebook they found, but it's pretty much done. Do the parent, do we think the parents had anything to do with it as far as um, helping him get out and kill himself? I don't think so. I don't, I don't know any parent that's going to help a child like go and kill themselves. Like, I don't, I find that hard to believe that the parents had something to do with it. There's a lot of theories. I'm tired of you, you investigators at home who swear you've seen Brian Laundry in different states and you said you saw him in North Carolina and the mountains, you've seen him here and there. Like, I knew that stuff was all cap. Um, you know how I many people tell me I look like somebody in like Oklahoma or like Colorado? Like, that. Oh, I've seen somebody who looks just like you in this state. Like, it, it, that's, that's how we always get to this stuff. So I never believed it. I always said I believed he was dead. Um, there was just no reason for him to be on the run. He was going to go to jail. Like he knew his life was over. So he took his life and I'm actually got an interesting question about that. I'm going to talk about that in a minute. I have another question and now I'm going to relate to all that, but I want to talk about the other uh, big news story that was in Florida. And this is old. It's a couple weeks old, but the Mia Marcano story, um, rest in peace to her prayers up to her family. As, as much as it hurts, you know, prayers to the other dude's family, not to him, but to his family, uh, Armando Caballero, I believe is his name. That story was wild because apparently he had been stalking her at their apartment, which, um, what's the, I forgot the name of the apartment. It's over there off of university Boulevard though, over by UCF. And I've been in that apartment complex many times and the security there is terrible. So I wasn't surprised that people were complaining about the security there because it's not it's not good security at that apartment complex. Um, anybody can just go in there. You could just drive in like the guard was never really there most of the time. I remember going there years ago, did different things within there. So that story was just sad in itself because um, he was stalking her. And he worked at the apartment complex, so he used the master key he had as the maintenance guy to get in her complex, or her actually room. And they, they say um, he murdered her in the room. They found her, the body at an apartment um, near OBT, Texas Avenue. If you know that's, if you know Orlando, that's a very bad area. So uh, that was that was a sad situation for just the city, man. I feel like. Florida in general, we've had a lot of bad things going on, but that one, that one was sad because it was a lot of uh, steps that could have been taken to save that young woman's life. Um, I believe in the, even in the beginning, like they probably could have found the dude alive, but the police to me did not take it serious in the beginning. And I believe there's, there's going to be some lawsuits there. They're going to get sued just because of the way they acted I mean, they had the dude on camera with her family members saying this guy is the suspect. Like he has her stuff in his car. Like 
and they completely ignored it. And I just cannot believe that um, Orange County Sheriff acted like that with that case. It's just, I'm dumbfounded by the way they, they treated that whole case. They did a little damage control at the end, but as somebody who followed it and read about it, like they were at fault on some of that stuff. They said they didn't have a reason to arrest him. You had a reason. Like they pointed out he had her blanket in the car when they had him on camera and the cop just let him go. Like it was nothing. And that one upset me. Like that one upset me. Uh, the Petito one upset me too. Cause you know, they had the, they were arrested in Utah and it's like the police just let him go. Like, I don't know. I think the police in some of these cases don't take these things serious until it's too late. And that's what it seems to have happened in both of those cases. Um, and then the dude, Armando Caballero ended up killing himself. Cause he knew much like uh, Brian Laundrie, he knew that they were getting, they were starting to like look at him as a suspect and they were, they were gaining on him. And he probably was like, look, I'm about to just kill myself. Cause my life is pretty much over. I'll be doing life in jail. Like, he knew it was a rap. Maybe death penalty. Who knows? But he knew it was a rap, so he killed himself. And that just brings me to the interesting um, conversation. Because as you know, I'm not really a, I'm not a death penalty guy. I'm, a, I'm more of a, I'd rather see you do life in prison. I'd rather see you suffer. Like, because I believe the death penalty, it takes you out. But also, they get it wrong a lot. Like, they kill the wrong people half the time. That's why I'm like, I don't really care for the death penalty, but... I'm more of a life in prison guy, but in these two instances, these guys killed themselves before there was any trial, before they went to prison. And that made me just think about, did that really bring closure to either family? Did Gabby Petito's family get closure from Brian Laundrie killing himself? And did me and Marcano's family get closure from our Armando Caballero killing himself? And I don't know, you know, I'm not in the, the head of the family. I don't know how they think, but I'm just thinking from my perspective, I don't, I don't know. I don't think that would bring me closure. I think I'd still like to see justice. So that's why I kind of equate it to the death penalty. Cause it's like, it's kind of the easy way out. In my opinion, for somebody like they haven't had anything, like they haven't suffered anything. They just got to leave this earth quick. And I was talking to somebody at my job about it. He made a good point. He made a good point. He said, you know what? Maybe it did bring the family closure because now they know that this person isn't here anymore to terrorize other people or they, they don't have to think about him being here anymore. And that might bring them feelings and hurt. So for the people who do think the death penalty is the right thing, or they they think them killing themselves brings closure. I can see that side of the argument. Me personally, um, just knowing you were locked up and you have to think about what you did. I feel like that's probably going to hurt more long term like that's gonna drive you crazy just having to think about that and the remorse you're probably gonna end up having and you you always see the people like who go to jail for like life and they're different people 30 40 years later and they have a new outlook on things and they're just more remorseful whereas we don't know if these people even had remorse they just killed themselves so we don't we don't know how they felt at the end of it but i just know that's an interesting thing to think about for everybody who's pro-death penalty or anti-death penalty, like how do you feel when the person kills themselves before there's any justice served? Um, Y'all can hit me up about that. Give me your comments on that. I guess I should shout my email address. 
jlawradio at outlook.com. If you have any questions or comments or concerns, you have my number. You can just text me. But, yeah, I need to start promoting that email more. I don't even know if anybody's ever emailed it. Um, Urban Meyer was wild, and I missed that whole thing. There's not much more to say about that. He was just doing what, honestly, what Urban did, I think a lot of married people do. I think a lot of y'all married people, when you get outside and you get away from your wives, y'all act like that. So I'm not mad at Urban. I'm not mad at Urban for grinding on the little college girls. Um, it's It was a little weird, maybe a little creepish. Speaking of creeps, I meant to I meant to say this before I close the um, me or Marcano topic. Armando Cavalero, bro. This dude is like the main reason why it's hard for us to kick it to women. Like creeps like that who just take it too far and are just very um, possessive and stalkerish and all that. Like we already knew the the rules changed on how you talk to women now with like social media and everything. Like you you can't really even if you follow somebody on social media, it's so many, it's so weird how the rules are. Cause I've talked to women about this. Like if you follow somebody on social media and y'all have never met before, but you see them out, technically you're not supposed to really even say hi. And I know you from social media. Cause that comes off as creepish. And the way this, like this dude acted, like I can see why women think we're creeps for doing certain things because you got guys out here like that who are just, OD with the stalking and it makes us all look bad when we're just trying to, you know, kick it. So I really hate these, these new age creeps and the way they go about doing things. Cause like a lot of the old school ways we used to kick it to women, like you could walk up to somebody in public and, and strike a conversation or, Hey, I saw you somewhere. Like, and that was normal. Like there's people married now, like they're like 60 years old. Oh, he just walked up to me and he said he had, saw me come from work and like that stuff worked back then, but now it doesn't because the game has changed. And there's so many creeps out here that are just doing too much when they try to talk to women and we got to change how we talk to women. And honestly, you got to go through the dating apps, I guess now, like that's, that's one of them, the new ways to talk to women, the dating apps. I, I prefer to meet women in person still, but there's rules to it. Like you got to be out at a bar and the conversation just has to like, come out of nowhere. Like you can't just walk up and I don't know. There's so many rules. Like, I mean, you can, I guess you can still walk up to women and, but it's a certain way you got to do it. You can't say, Hey, I follow you on Instagram. Like you can't do that stuff. I guess that's over with. That's too creepy. Um, you just got to act like you don't know him, I guess, and start a conversation. And maybe if you guys end up married, you can bring it up. Hey, I did see you on Instagram. Like maybe that's the way to do it. But, I just think the creeps have ruined it. They've ruined the game for like some of us regular folks, some of us who who used to kick it a certain way. We can't we can't kick it like that anymore because of these guys. But like I was saying, Urban Meyer grinding on the the college girl. People had a problem with that. I mean, she's of age, so I'm not really gonna kill him for that. I mean, he's married. That's the part you should kill him for. But it's weird because I'm 38 years old, and as I get older, and I look at college girls now. Like, I still find him attractive. I'm like, all right, she looks good. Like, me and, you know, I almost had a name, but me and a friend, uh, we we like to, uh, we follow the UCLA gymnastics team because they have some some pretty women on there. So I look at it, I'm like, dang, am I, am I a creep for, like, liking college girls at my age now? I don't know. Like, it's weird. It feels like I might, 
maybe I'm not supposed to say they look good, but I don't know what the rules are like anymore. I feel like if you're over 18, you should be able to acknowledge somebody's pretty. But as I get older, I'm like, dang, man, like sometimes I forget that there's like that they're like that young, like, oh, they're like 18 or 19. You're looking at Instagram, you see like a young uh, college person, gymnastics or whatever, and you just, you're looking at them like they're like your age, and then you got to remind yourself, like, no, they're still in college, so. Yeah, I'm not, I don't know. I don't know. I can't get mad at Urban. I might be that guy when I get older, like, still trying to kick it to college girls. I don't know. I wouldn't date them, but, I mean, a little dance. I don't know if a little dance hurt anybody. But it does feel a little weird. It does feel weird. But maybe that's just like my subconscious like telling me. I, I don't know. I'm not mad at Urban though for that. But yeah, cheating on your wife. I don't even know if he cheated. Like, is dancing cheating? They said the wife was pissed and everybody's mad. He grinded. I mean, he put his hands on her. He's touching her a little crazy. But I don't know if he cheated. That's a question for my married friends. I'm going to ask Mark and his wife that when I go to his house Saturday. Did Urban cheat by dancing? Cause I remember being in relationships back in the day and um, having that conversation about don't you can't dance with other women like that because that's technically cheating. But I don't see that as cheating. I don't see that as cheating. I don't think that's something you need to report back to your your significant other. But I have to talk to my married friends about that. I think I'll get different answers depending on who I talk to. But I don't really I don't know. Now that I think about it, I don't think Urban did anything wrong. Everybody was pissed. But I don't know. I don't, I'm not really. Maybe it's because I've had a few weeks to think about it. I'm not going to kill Irving for that. Uh, everybody's been killing Kyrie Irving. for <laughs> It's going from Irving, Urban to Irving. <laughs> but everybody's been killing Kyrie Irving because of his vaccine uh, mandate, his, his stance on the vaccine. And honestly, in the beginning, my original thing I was going to do, I was going to come on here and I was going to say that I can't defend him. I can't defend him. Like, you know, if he... Decides that he didn't want to get vaccinated. He knows what he's losing. He knows the rules in New York. That's his decision, but I'm not going to say he deserves to play. That's If New York City says you can't play if you're not vaccinated, that's their rules, and Kyrie accepted that. Now, I mean, I'll tell you, like, he was, there was no way in the world I expected him to get vaccinated. Kyrie's a Muslim. Um, even though Kent, Ernest, Ennis Cantor's a Muslim, he got vaccinated, but you could just tell Kyrie's not really about that, and I think the more and more I think about the whole vaccination thing, I'm not going to, I'm not as mad about the people who don't want to get vaccinated anymore. Honestly, like it's the world is back at this point. Like college football stadiums are packed. Um, we're all around people, whether they're vaccinated or unvaccinated. It's just, it is what it is at this point. But I think the main thing that I see about it is that there's some people out there like that are like vegan. Like I think Kyrie's a vegan who are very particular about what they put into their body. Like people who don't eat meat, they don't even eat dairy. Like there's so much stuff they don't want in their body. So how am I going to tell you to put a shot and put that into your body when you're very particular about like what goes in there? Now, some of y'all out here eating steaks every day and hamburgers every day, and you're acting like you can't put a shot in your body. Like I'm looking at you funny, but somebody like Kyrie who, who sticks to it. Like he did Ramadan, bro. He didn't even drink, he didn't even drink water all day. Like he didn't eat and drink. He's very disciplined about like his beliefs and what goes in his body. And it's just hard for me to tell somebody like that, that you need to put a shot into your body that we still don't really know everything about it. I mean, I'm taking a, a 
a leap of faith with it. You know, I'm giving it a chance, but it's it's one of those things. I'm not I'm not going to kill anybody anymore for it. I'm not going to get on you guys if you don't want to be vaccinated. I have friends who aren't vaccinated and I don't treat them like that. So for us to get on these athletes when we have friends and family members that we don't even say anything to about not being vaccinated, I think it's unfair. Uh, Jonathan Isaac for the magic unvaccinated, but nobody really talks about it because he's in Orlando and Orlando is a very loose place where it just doesn't matter whether you're vaccinated or not. But New York City, a little more strict over there. They just got a new mayor, though. I think his name's Eric Adams. He said he might relax the rules in January. So Kyrie, there's a chance he still might be able to play um, in 2022, but not for this year. Uh I do think it's weird that they're saying you can't go into the Barclays Center if you're unvaccinated, but only as a home team player. Because Jonathan Isaac can still play a road game unvaccinated. Bradley Beal can still play unvaccinated. But if Kyrie wants to, he can. I think that part is the weird part that I don't agree with. But I can't tell them what to do. That's their rules. That's New York City's rules. I think it's stupid, but that's their rules. Kyrie knows what the rules are. He And he's okay with it. And Honestly, I, I just don't I don't agree with the media narrative all this. So he's being selfish and all that. The man's standing up for what he believes in. You know, it's not about sometimes you you got to say F the game. Like he's still getting 17 million. Like who cares if he don't want to play? He don't want to play. If he don't want to get vaccinated. I mean, like, you know, y'all can't force him to get vaccinated. So I don't think he's being selfish. I think he's sticking to what he believes. I think if Jonathan Isaac lived in Brooklyn, he'd be doing the same thing. I think if Bradley Beal lived in Brooklyn, he'd be doing the same thing. And you got your boy Aaron Rodgers over here telling us he's vaccinated and that he's immunized. And he just got COVID. And we found out he's unvaccinated. And now he can't play for 10 days. And he's going to miss the game this weekend. And it's it seems like he's... It's not, they're not going as hard on him as they were with Kyrie for some reason. I don't know. Aaron Rodgers, he hurt his team. You know, nobody's complaining about that. He put people at risk. He's in the press conferences with no mask and he's at Halloween parties. And I just thought that part was interesting. Um, I was watching, you know, Pat McAfee, shout out to him. I love that. I love his YouTube show. He has Aaron Rodgers on every Tuesday. Found it interesting that they didn't really uh, put a clip of them discussing Aaron Rodgers' situation. Maybe they will later, but I've been looking at his YouTube. Still haven't seen anything discussing it. Like to get his take on that. But I, I, I do think that Kyrie has been villainized, and Aaron Rodgers is probably going to skate for whatever reason. Nobody's going to say anything. I don't think it's right. I think him not being vaccinated you need to keep that same energy as you did with Kyrie not being vaccinated especially when he's affected his team and all you little fantasy football players are probably not gonna have him this week so ha 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 like that's what y'all get because y'all are probably the same ones hating on Kyrie Irving and now look you ain't got your quarterback this week in fantasy football and I'm kind of happy that you guys are gonna have to go without him because y'all probably the ones that ain't even gonna uh, keep that same energy so that's what y'all deserve uh, speaking of putting stuff into your body, I forgot about that part. I think I might be done with red meat soon. I think my time with red meat is going to come to an end soon. I, I might have about five more years of red meat left, but just the way it's making my body feel after I eat it, I, I think I'm about to be done with red meat, man. I'm just, I'm over it. Like it just, it takes like a few days for you to digest it and you know, you feel it and, it just never feels good after I eat red meat. I've already cut back on it like once or twice a week, but 
Damn, I might I might give up the red meat for good pretty soon. Maybe like a it might be like a once a month thing. Like a very special occasion. Cause I like White Castle still. Still like a good Philly cheesesteak every now and then, but eating red meat consistently, I'm not I'm not with it. That part, I'm done. I'm done with that. And I, I encourage everybody else to probably cut back on your red meat or give it up altogether. But really, you shouldn't eat red meat more than like once or twice a week. And that's everybody. Like, it's just when I, I can tell the difference in my digestive system and my body when I eat it now, as opposed to when I used, when I was younger, I don't know, maybe it's cause I'm paying more attention to it, but I can tell a difference when I eat red meat now, as opposed to when I eat chicken or pork, you know, everybody hates pork. Pork don't make me feel like red meat feels. I'm sorry. Pork. I'm still going to keep that, but like red meat, hamburgers, uh, steaks and all that. That's gotta be like a special occasion thing at this point. Cause it's just, it's not worth how I feel the next day, man. It's really not. And it's not something I feel like I need in my life. I, I don't, I don't feel like I need it. Um, man, I had this thing on here about Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp going down a few weeks ago. They were apparently went down for five hours. I didn't even notice, but I did find out about it uh, a few days later. Cause I heard it affected the stock market and the stock market did crash that day. And I didn't realize what happened. But apparently Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp are all tied to the stock market. So that's good to know. Dave Chappelle comedy special. I mean, everybody's pretty much giving their opinion on that. There's not much else I can say. I didn't I didn't find it offensive. I thought he was trying to make a point about the white power structure and um how people basically will still hate on black people, but will allow that stuff to prosper. And even when it's LGBTQ, like the white people in that community will treat us differently still. So I understood everything he said. And I thought it was a great special. It's called the closer. If you haven't seen it, check it out. Uh, you'll have your own opinions on it, but I didn't, I didn't have any problem with what Dave Chappelle said. There's a big story <laughs> that just came out today about Joe Budden. Apparently uh, people think Joe Budden is bisexual. I was listening to the podcast. I heard him mention it. Honestly, I didn't pay it any mind because I, nowadays people joke about this stuff like people joke about being gay and bi and like this is just the, the same way the sky is blue they joke about this stuff so I took it as a joke when he said it um, apparently it was big enough to make news headlines so people thought it was real and maybe it is maybe he really was coming out I don't think so but at this point, it doesn't even matter, bro. Like, if he's bi, who cares? Like, that's his life. I don't understand why this stuff is headlines anymore. <laughs> but there's so many, like, jokes about being gay at this point. Not, like, in a bad way, but just the way dudes joke with each other on these shows. Like, I don't even bat an eye anymore when they say it. Because there's so many innuendos at this point. Like, that's just how everybody acts now when I watch shows. So I didn't even think one thing about it. Like, it was what it was. I was surprised that it made headlines and people were texting me about it. I didn't take it serious, but if he is more power to him. I don't believe he is. But who, you know what? I'm not even going to say I don't believe he is because I don't know what people do in their spare time, like in their free time. When people aren't around and you don't see them on TV, who knows what they do? Like, we have all these political leaders and famous people from back in the day who we thought were like these outstanding individuals and. They were all cheating on their wives. Like, we don't know what anybody does in their spare time. So, I don't know. Honestly, I don't I don't care one way or the other. 
And that goes for anybody I know. Like, I don't care if somebody's bi. I don't care if somebody's gay. I don't care if you're straight. Like, it doesn't matter to me, at least. Like, because honestly, I don't know what anybody does. I got friends who swear they don't cheat on their wives. And I'm like, fam, I don't know what you do when I'm not around. Like, I can't prove it one way or the other. Like, so it doesn't, I don't give too much thought about it. But apparently everybody thought Joe Budden, they think he's bisexual now. So, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what, what he says about it on the next podcast. I know he already tweeted, like, uh, something about keep it going, keep the joke, or not keep the joke going, but... um keep keep talking about it like he basically was trolling it some more which makes me think he's just playing but you never know these days you never know what anybody is um shout out to partner interruption let me give him a clap real quick. the tv show pardon interruption they had their 20 year anniversary um on october 22nd so that just was like last week or two weeks ago and I saw like a documentary about it on uh, ESPN one one night, at, like late at night. I watched it. It was really good. Just talking about how that show started. And um, it was just very interesting. And I think the biggest takeaway I got from Pardon the Interruption, they started this whole debate show thing. Because now you turn on like ESPN or Fox Sports or any of these shows, it's all debates all day long. That started from Pardon the Interruption, PTI. And I don't think they get enough props for being the innovators of that and for starting that. Michael Wilbon, Tony Kornheiser, um, they're the OGs of this game, man. So that gave me a new appreciation for them watching that uh, documentary. I don't know if they still are going to play it on ESPN. If they do, uh, I would say check it out, definitely. Um, I don't really have much else to talk about. Will Smith admitted that he's finally in an open marriage. We knew that. Uh, it made me think there was an open relationship. What I need, I don't know. I'm leaning towards it. I guess <laughs> I think I would like to try it, see how it goes in the future. But uh, at this point, I don't even think I'm not even thinking about relationships. Like I'm not even thinking about women at this point. I'm just I'm focused on myself and just getting myself right for the new year and getting myself financially right. I think women slow me down from my goals, so I'm kind of not really looking at women like that right now. I'm just doing me. I still like to flirt. I still like to flirt with women and like talk to them and stuff, but I'm not like actively going on dates or anything. I'm just, I'm just staying sharp, making sure the words are still there. The talk game is still there. So, you know, I'm, I'm just flirting for fun, but I'm not focused on women like that. The focus is, is getting myself financially stable. Um, I want to retire in the next 10 years. I was telling my cousin this, I think my goal, once I retire, I'm going to like travel every weekend to like college football games. Like the same way college game day does. I'm going to do that. I'm going to go to like a different city every week. I'm going to hit, I'm going to do a mix though between like HBCUs and like the regular colleges and just hit up a football game like every weekend. And I think I'm going to just enjoy life, man. That's my type of like vacation, my type of retirement. So I'm going to work hard these next 10 years and I hope I can get to that. But that's the way I would like to enjoy retirement, man. That was, that's my type of thing. I mean, it's different for everybody, but I think in the next 10 years, I definitely um, think I'll be retired. If I if I keep staying on this track, and uh, I'll tell you what, like, this year, it doesn't feel like I've accomplished a lot, but the knowledge I've gained has been so much more uh, worthwhile than anything I've probably learned in any other year. 
because I feel like I've set myself up and I, I have a confidence now going forward that I did not have before. So like going into next year, I have a confidence, like whether I have a job or not, like I think I know how to make money and double money and, and triple and just different things I know, but I'm just a little bit more confident. And I think that's why I'm leaving this job part of the reason, just because I feel more confident about what I'm doing. I've learned the stocks. I know people are probably like, Hey, you haven't talked about stocks in a while. The thing I, I kind of slowed down on the stock talk just because I'm still learning and I'm still learning. And the, the, the thing is my mind changes every day. So like, if I tell y'all something today, I might wake up tomorrow and feel something completely different. Like I know when I first started, I was all about dividends and uh, REITs, the, the rights, the uh, real estate investment trusts, which I still do, but I'm only focused on like one right now. And that's ORC. That's, I still believe ORC is the best one out with the 15%, um, 15% dividend, uh, that's paid m monthly. So still around $5, you're getting six and a half cents off of that $5 every month. I'm holding on to that, but my other ones, I'm, I'm trying to sell them. Once the price gets to where I want, I'm going to sell those. Uh, I will say I'm going heavy into the weed stocks at this point. The weed stocks are so low that right now I'm, I'm just going all in. Cause I believe, I believe that if you want to make profits in stocks, and this is something that took me a while to learn. Cause I, I've got a few, like a firm is booming right now. AMD is doing good. Trade desk is doing good, but I didn't buy a lot of these shares. And now I'm like, man, from now on, when I buy stocks that I like, that I believe in, I need to buy at least 10 shares, maybe 20. Like today, I, I bumped up my, my True Leave stock, which is a weed stock. I had two shares of that. I bought 18 more shares today. Um, I bought 16, no, 14 more shares of uh, Verona, which is another weed stock. Like I got 20 of those, 20 True Leave. I got my Juicy one, which is the cheap uh, weed stock. Got 100 shares of that. Pura. Pura is another weed stock. It's a penny stock. I got 10,000 shares of that at like a penny and a half. So I'm just going all in now on stocks that I believe in. I think that's my new thing. Putting more money because without the risk, you're not going to have the reward. And I've said this before, like when people look at like a Google or something like, oh, I could have been a millionaire off of that. Well, you have to have the balls to buy enough shares of it. Like you can't buy one share and just be a millionaire off. Yeah, you probably need like a, a good 20, 50, 100, like you have to have a lot of shares in these stocks. So I would just say, if you really believe in a stock, I would just put money into it, buy shares, a lot of shares of it. Don't overspend though. Please don't overspend. Um, don't buy a stock at a tight. I know this stuff is elementary school information, but it's just a lot of people make that mistake. They, they see something going up and oh, let me, I want to buy it. And they buy it on the way up or they buy it when it's up. And then, it might drop and you've lost money. So I like to buy stuff when it's down. Cause at least I know, Hey, it probably can't get much worse than this. So let me get you when you're low. Like I said, all the weed stocks are low right now. I don't know if they'll go any lower than what they're at. So I would say the weed stocks are a safe investment at this point. Um, the ETS are still pretty safe. Uh, long-term stocks, long-term, uh, for long-term investment, investing, but you just have to buy stuff you feel comfortable in. Um, a firm, a firm. I, I wish I bought like at least ten shares of that. 
But I didn't. But I got some other stuff I'm looking at right now. That I think in 2022 will take off, especially the weed. I think all the weed stocks will double next year. So you can't really go wrong with many of the weed stocks. Like I know I got like four of them, but there's other brands out there. And I always say I like to check my stocks against Motley Fool. So you can always go on uh, Motley Fool's web- website, fool.com. They have a, a ticker in there, a search bar where you can type the stock um, ticker in there. And it's usually like four letters, five letters, whatever. Type that in there and um, they will give you their opinion. You can read articles on what they've written about those stocks. So I usually will read about what they say. And if they're pretty good, like high on it, that gives me a little more confidence. If they're low on it, I probably will probably will hold off on getting it. But always want to get a second opinion, see what they say. And you can Google Google these stocks and see what other websites have to say about them. But the the most important thing I would say is just buy enough shares, buy enough. Cause you might only buy one share of something and just, you're, you're scared. I call that like dipping your toes in the water. You buy one share of it. And then next thing you know, that thing is double and tripled. And you're like, damn, I wish I would have bought like 20 or 30 shares. So just have the balls, man. Have the balls to put some money into it. And that's, that's all I can really say at this point. Maybe I'll do some more stock talk on the next episode, but I just, you know, I wanted to come on here, hit some topics and just update you guys on everything that's going on. Like I said, it might be a little sporadic going forward, at least the rest of this year, but definitely coming back into the new year, I think we'll settle it down and get back to a normal routine with the podcast. But until then, I mean, just stay patient, stay with me. I'll update y'all on the job situation. I didn't really tell a lot of people about it in the beginning just because I know how it is, man. Once you tell somebody like, oh, you have a job, you get asked about it all the time. And I even told people, I'm like, look, it's going to take a while. Like I'm going through a background check. It's probably going to be like six weeks and I still get asked about it like every week. So that's probably why I waited a while to really say it on here. But just in real life, man, I, I told a few people and I still get asked about it. Um, I probably should have waited a little while to tell people, but I don't know. I just felt like it was the right time to tell people because either way, like I said, I'm leaving this job, the current job I have, I'm leaving regardless. So I felt okay letting people know that I was going to be doing something different regardless. And I will keep y'all updated on how everything goes with that. And I think I'm like, I said, I'll try to come back on here. Try to come back on here in a couple weeks before classic weekend, maybe do a little, uh, episode before then i'm sure i'll have a lot of topics to talk about by then but in the meantime i'll leave y'all with this goody mob song called me time told y'all i was gonna end with this this is keeping it real with jerry lawrence talk to y'all later
And I used to just sit back and watch it It's all talk and gossip, it's toxic The topic should be product and profit I'm no prophet, I'm a mosh pit More master keys than a locksmith You could fund a revolution out of pocket But how much is enough money to be hush money? They ain't even have to shoot you to stop it I ain't got no clocks or no mirrors in my house And all I wanna hear is a word She say none of the silly games that we play My mind's free Tone low, let's go So meet yeah, you it's back to the grind You know I idolized was the devil's playground Very gold round, causing mental breakdown Too much clock on your hands, take your meds now On a smurf house, popping shit the big mouth Who the hardest of them all, I'm so A-town This a me time, although my stay was short Made bond on them hoes, have I dig it caught Back on course Like a battleship, a force to be reckoned with Genuine, no counterfeit Team player, no power trip Belligerent, magnificent I'm here for a reason, no coincidence Now may I reminisce about my accomplishments 25 years in the gang, king shit I ain't got no clocks no mirrors in my house And all I wanna hear is a word I'm She say, none of the silly games that we play My mind's free I need some me time Spend a lot of time raising my kids I did what I did, I do what I do Take them to the school, help them with their homework Cook a big meal for them, Parmesan beer for them Last a couple days for them, cut my son a pain Live for the day, I never look back I drive a Cadillac, I get it like that I never did crack, this is how I act And my stack is full of smoke, I never 